Are you guys ready? If you are, say, I am ready. All right. Um, everyone turn to Luke 24, verses 13 to 35. If you have your Bibles, uh, you guys are a student. So iPads, iPhones, Galaxy S5. I'm like stuttering. <laughs> I don't even know if it's S5, is it? Okay. All right. If you're ready, say, if you have your Bibles ready, look at me. Luke 24. Verses 13 to 35. I'll take the odd verses and you guys read the even. Sounds good? Yes? All right. Okay, I'm going to start now. That very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. And he said to them, what is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still looking sad. And he said to them, what things? And they said to him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. And when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. And he said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets had spoken. Was it not? Oopsie. (laughs) And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is towards evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. And their eyes were open, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. Amen. Amen. This is a quiet bunch. I know you guys aren't quiet. So when amen. Yeah, come on. You guys are young and hip and loud. Okay. Here in this passage, okay, there's two disciples, Cleopas and another, his, we don't know his name. Okay, it's an unnamed disciple. And they're walking to a village named Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. 
And here, these two disciples, they witness Jesus being crucified, right? And buried. And so they hear that his tomb was empty, but they didn't witness it. So they don't even know if it really happened, right? Because they left Jerusalem to go to Emmaus. So in verse 14, they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened, right? They discussed the death, the burial, and the reports of the resurrection of Christ. So if you think about this conversation, it's the gospel, right? Yeah? Most of you guys know the gospel, right? Jesus died for us, for our sins, right? He was buried, and then he resurrected from the dead. And so this gospel was to bring joy. It was to bring hope. It was to bring a sense of victory and a purpose for these two disciples. However, it brought the, what, total opposite. These disciples heard of this, and they just started discussing and questioning and wondering. And in in response, they responded in fear. They responded in sadness. Right? They, they felt defeated to the point where they were like, you know what? I can't stay in Jerusalem because Jerusalem reminded of what? Reminded them of what? Their pain. What they had hoped for, they don't see anymore. And they, what's, what's, what's the point of being in Jerusalem then? Right? So here, these disciples were talking to the, together. They were discussing. They were trying to look for an answer. They were trying to understand and search for what had happened. Okay? And for us, it's, it's, we're pretty much re- able to relate in some ways, right? We like to talk. Girls, you like to talk, right? And we like to be, and vomit, like everything that we're feeling, hoping that it'll ease us in some way. But in return, we just go the next week or the next day doing the same old, same old. And be like, hey, you know what? Um, Sally, I went through this and this and this. I'm going through such a hard time. I break up. And then you're here just. And then just. And even again. Ew, that's nasty. Don't, don't picture it. Don't picture it. But we're able to sort of relate, right? For some of you here, especially exchange students, Korea is your retreat. The disciples retreated Jerusalem because that was their place of bad memories, hopelessness, pain. For some of you guys here, you came to Korea as your retreat. There may be something that you want to escape from, whether it be something with your family, financial issues, relationally with friends. Maybe you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend that you just need some time from. Okay? Or maybe you're escaping reality, your future. What are you going to do after you graduate? Korea is your retreat. For others, especially long-term students, you have been in Korea forever. You've been a part of Emmaus forever. It's like the same old, same old, same old. It feels like that, right? And you're feeling a lack of fulfillment in your Christian walk. You're asking yourself, when you first came, there was that fire, that excitement. You're like, yeah, Jesus. And then as a semester goes by, and a semester goes by, it's like, you start asking yourself, is this it? Is this it? 
am I missing out on something? God, I'm missing out on something. You get a little temptation here and there. Is this it? Is this Christian life? Is this it? Now is it just all about talk? Yeah, Jesus is alive. But that's it? For the long term, you know Jesus. You know he came and died for you. You know that he transformed your life. You know that you were called to live for his kingdom. Yet you feel stuck on this Emmaus road. Nonetheless, whether you started your journey on, on the Emmaus road here in Korea or you feel like you've been walking it over and like maybe you started at this and then you like went this and then you feel like you came back to the start and then you're starting again, right? Whether it's that, you guys are all on the Emmaus road. So I'm going to give you the title of my my message, I was going to say the title of my appointment, the title of my message right now, and the title is A Divine Appointment. A Divine Appointment. A Divine Appointment is an incident or meeting that might initially seem to be random, but is soon recognized as having been caused by God. Here, the disciples had a divine appointment with Jesus. But in the beginning, it was super random. He came as a stranger, right? But it was a divine appointment with Jesus. And I believe that each and every one of you here in this room are not here out of mere coincidence. Some of you guys saw my face at orientation, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You saw my face at orientation, you're like, okay, I want to go. Or you met some of my cool students, so it might have not been me, but it was my cool students. And you're like, okay, I want to check this thing out. Right? But I believe however you came, whether this is your first semester or your fifth, sixth, seventh semester, I believe that God is calling you to recognize the divine appointments that he has placed and is continuously placing in your life to encounter him in a fresh, new way. Amen? So here in verse 15, we see that Jesus himself draws near to the disciples and he starts walking with them. Jesus, he himself, wants to draw near to you. So from this passion, I want you guys to, I want to point out three ways that Jesus is drawing near to you. Number one, he draws near to you by listening. By listening. Follow me, by listening. Who's a good listener here? Yeah, do it proud. I think that's a mad, it's a gift. Okay, listening is a gift. It brings healing to the soul when you listen. Who talks too much? Don't raise your hand. (laughs) But before we go into how Jesus listens, we see that Jesus draws near to the disciples, but did the disciples recognize who Jesus was? No. They just saw him as a stranger. They did not recognize him. So they didn't recognize him, Because he's the one that kept their eyes from recognizing him. It was on purpose. Okay? 
So instead of instead of revealing himself right away and be like, yo, 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 I look at my hands, look at my look at my feet, I resurrected. <laughs> instead of doing that, he took his time. He took his time to build relationship with them and listen to their heart, listen to their concerns, listen to what they're going through, their turmoil, their confusion, right? He gave them time and he listened to them. He chose to reveal himself. He chose not to reveal himself from the beginning because he desired to also teach them that his presence is always with them. This is after he resurrected, right? And for all of us, we're able to really relate with the disciples. Why? Have you seen Jesus stand right in front of your face saying, David, I am Jesus. <laughs> I am Jesus. Have you, did, did you guys re- re- experience that? No, most of you guys believe because of faith. You believe because of testimonies. Because a testimony is a prophecy of Jesus Christ. Right? So you came because of a testimony. And you came because you believed. You had faith. God was moving in your heart. These disciples didn't see Jesus from the start. Why? He was a stranger. And Jesus purposely did that. So verses 16 to 24, we're able to see the condition that the disciples are in. I re- what were they in? Were they happy? No. How were they feeling? Louder? Sad? What else? disappointed, discouraged, right? And while they're doing this, while they're sharing, Jesus asks nonchalantly, hey, what are you guys talking about? What are you guys talking about? Jesus actually had compassion to hear what they were talking about. He wanted to understand where they were coming from. Jesus, let's be real, could have rebuked them from the start. And be like, how, what? You guys know me. You guys did this whole journey thing with me. You saw what I did. From the start, he could have been like, hey, how dare you not believe me? Right? Jesus could have done that. He had the rights. He died on the cross for us. Right? So from the start, he could have gone to the disciples and be like, how dare you not know me? But did he do that? No. He gave them time to lament. He gave them time to grieve. He gave them time to question. He gave them time to even struggle with their unbelief, right? The disciples were having difficulties believing. Why? Because of their experiences. Their experience of Jesus was in the past, and the disciples believed that they were now alone. Okay? So they hoped that Jesus would redeem Israel. That was their hope. They were expecting for Jesus to save them, right? But what happened? Jesus died on the cross, and he was buried. He died, he died a shameful death, and now he's gone. Can you guys feel what the disciples what what the disciples were feeling? Their experiences of Jesus was just of their past. And they didn't recognize that he was there with them in the present, walking with them. We like the disciples are faced with life's distractions, right? Work, 
school, school for us many, worrying about our future jobs, friendships, relationships. So instead of seeing what's before us in the present, Jesus just becomes someone of our past. He used to do this. He used to do this for me. Yeah, Jesus, I met him when I was in fifth grade, but now I'm, I'm a sophomore in college. And this Jesus, uh, I don't know. He didn't really prove himself to me well. Ow, oh, it hurts. Some of you have been disappointed tremendously by the church. Some of you have been disappointed by your fellow believers. Some of you guys are not believers, but you see believers and you're like, why would I want to be a believer? Who would want to believe in Jesus? Right? Because of our experiences, we become unaware of his very presence in our lives. Like the disciples, all of us are consumed with trying to understand events, finding the truth, asking why did this happen to this person? They didn't deserve it. Why did this happen to this nation? What did they do? We start asking, questioning the truth. And the truth is Jesus. The disciples were jaded by their experiences. And because they didn't see things being fulfilled right away, their faith was immediately shaken. Can we relate? I can. I can exchange students. Long-term students. We can all relate. In your life, God is placing divine appointments. People who genuinely want to listen to you. To build relationship with you. Jesus cares for what you think. And he understands that you desire to understand him more. What's happening around you and in your life. But he doesn't want you to just blindly believe. Religion says, just believe. He's real. He died on the cross for your sins. Go to heaven or you go to hell. If you don't believe, you go to hell. But here we see an example. Jesus sets the example. How he listens first. And he hears the heart of these disciples. And he he understands them. But Jesus does not keep them there. Number two, Jesus, he draws to you by teaching. And here, Jesus took the time to teach his disciples the truth. Jesus is the truth, but he took the time to take them through the scriptures to reveal to them how every prophecy aligned with himself. Verses 25 to 26, here we see that Jesus begins to remind them of the truth. He teaches them everything from the Old Testament concerning himself. He reveals that all scripture points back to who? Himself. Jesus gave the disciples proof that he had fulfilled everything that had been prophesied over the centuries. Okay. And in verse 26, the disciples couldn't understand the cross. They couldn't understand why he had to die that way. And Jesus, why he had to die a shameful death. But here Jesus reveals that the cross was the creative way, the creative act of God. The cross of shame and suffering had become the cross of redemption for all who would come to Jesus in repentance and faith. And here the disciples received a very gentle rebuke from Jesus, right? Jesus said, oh, foolish ones and slow of heart 
to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter the glory? Here we're able to see that the the disciples, though they traveled, they lived with Jesus, they only chose to believe parts of the scripture. Only parts. And what were they? The happy, positive parts. But to, to hear that their Messiah would die such a shameful death, they didn't believe it. So they didn't receive it. For us here, you guys are here in this room, and you guys are going to experience a whole bunch of things. Right? And like I said, when I started, you guys are not here for no reason. But Jesus is inviting you to experience the fullness of who he is. Like what Joel was saying, God intruded. God revealed to him the deep things of his heart. Why? To bring him shame? To make him feel guilty? To make him feel like the worst person in the world? No. He, he brought it out through the scripture to what? Set him free. Because Jesus came to set us free. When he intrudes into your life, dissecting your thoughts, sometimes the things that he may reveal is uncomfortable. It's offensive. It make the scripture, when you hear a teaching, when you hear a sermon, it may cut deep and hurt a little. But it's because Jesus came to heal you and to set you free. Think about it. Someone's going and doing surgery, right? What do you use when you do a surgery? Do you just go over, does the surgeon just go over them and be like, heart, go into place. Brain, unravel and come back together. No, 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 no. He goes, the surgeon goes and he opens them up, cuts deep, heals, and then mends back together. It will hurt. But? It will heal you. Number three, Jesus reveals himself. That is how he draws near to you. Before he reveals himself, though, he gives the disciples a choice. How does he do this? In verse 28, it says, So they drew near to the village to which they were going, and he acted as if he were going further. Jesus acted. Jesus desires to have intimacy with you. He desires to meet you. He desires to live, heal you, but he doesn't force himself on you. Okay? He doesn't. So Jesus here acted like he was going to walk further and be like, hey, bye. And then the, the disciples like, no, 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 no. They urged him to stay. They urged him. They invited him into their home. Right? They strongly, strongly urged him to stay. Why? Because their hearts were won over by this stranger. And they were hungry for more. Are you hungry for more? And Jesus, upon their invitation, he waited. He didn't just barge into their house and be like, you know what? I'm just going to break bread and you're going to drink wine with me and I'm going to heal you. No, 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 no. He waited. And then upon his invitation, he came and entered the home. And in verse 30, their eyes were open as they took bread, blessed it and broke it in communion, in fellowship. 
It was then that they recognized him. It was through this very simple, familiar act that the disciples recognized Christ. Right? It was a familiar act. He did this with the disciples when he broke bread with them before he went to get crucified. Right? He said, this is my, this is bread, my, my body, and then uh, wine, my blood. It's a little bit morbid. But then he did this. So the disciples were like, oh my goodness, this is Christ. This is Christ. He showed them through a familiar act. Through a familiar act, they recognized Christ. But what happens right after that? He vanishes. Boom. Right after he says, hi, boom, he's gone. He just gets, becomes invisible. What is, what is he trying to let you know? He's there with you. If you desire him for, to come, if you invite him, he's always there. But then to have a personal relationship with him, intimacy, it's in the breaking of bread. It's in communion. It's in relationship with Christ. That's a choice. Invite him into your life by desire, right? Ask him to come into your life. Open your hearts for him to enter. But even before that, we need to clear out our space. There's a lot of junk in here. A lot of junk in here, in here, in here, everywhere, right? But in order for him to be invited, we need to clear out our space. In this passage, Jesus revealed himself to his disciples who have known him for a long, long, long time. A long time. Right? And in our lives, Jesus may not reveal himself to you in the ways that you are used to seeing him. Some of you guys might have met Jesus through a friend. Some of you guys might have met Jesus through some crazy retreat. Some of you guys might have had personal encounter with Christ. Right? Some of you guys might have joined a college ministry and that's where you met Christ. The ways that Jesus reveals himself to us is all different. And here, these disciples, when they finally recognized him, they said, we're not our hearts burning within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures. Their hearts were burning for the truth. They realized who he was and they could not contain what was revealed to them in that place of intimacy that they had to spread it to others. If these disciples didn't take hold of this divine appointment, if Jesus said, Hey, you guys, I'm going. And then they were like, bye. Would they have encountered Jesus? The resurrected Jesus. Would they have encountered him? No, they wouldn't have. Right. But they chose to invite him in. And with their encounter with Jesus, their world came together once again. Their world was unraveled when they found out Jesus had died. Their world was unraveled when they realized their hope was gone. Their world was unraveled when they realized we're all alone. When they thought that. But when Jesus revealed himself to them in a fresh new way, the world came back together. That heartburning experience is something that we all need. I need it. And I had it. But am I going to be complacent and say, okay, that one experience is it? No. 
We need it in a conversion experience when the Spirit of God makes us realize that we need Jesus as our Lord and Savior. We also need it as we allow the Holy Spirit to apply the truth of Scripture in our daily walk with Jesus. So here in this passage, right, I'm sure that it wasn't the first time that these disciples walked the Emmaus Road. I'm sure they walked it actually a couple times. Okay? I'm sure they walked the Emmaus Road a couple of times. But this day was different for them. This day, they had a divine appointment with Jesus. This day, it was life-changing for them. Because they had an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. It was this day. Jesus can draw near to us at any time. And the ways that God moves isn't always obvious. Isn't always obvious. Therefore, we must be open to allow him to enlighten our understanding. To talk to us, to take us into new level in our spiritual experience. What does this mean? Not all of you guys are going to be used to the way that we run. Not all of you will be used to the way that Emmaus, this ministry, runs. It may be too much for you, or actually not. It may be too calm. I don't know. But what I'm saying is this. Jesus desires to encounter you in a fresh new way. Do you perceive it? Will you choose to let him in and say, God, may this semester be the best semester yet. May this semester be the semester where I encounter you in a whole new way, where you blow my mind and I'm like, oh my gosh, Jesus, I did not know that this, that you were like this. I did not know that my life can look like this. So whatever experiences you have, don't let that jade you. Don't let that hinder you from walking this Emmaus road. Everyone close your eyes. So one thing I want to establish is this. Here in this place, it's safe. It is completely safe. And us as staff, what we desire as a ministry, we believe that you guys were made for more. And we believe that the life-changing power of Jesus Christ will transform your lives. We believe that you guys are going to live a life that's far greater than you. Right? Some of you have met Jesus at an early age. Some may have met him recently. Okay, some of you don't know Christ. Whatever category that you are in, you are here this semester. And we believe that Jesus wants to reveal himself to you in a new way. And he is asking you if you desire it or are you going to just stick with your old ways? He is there, okay, and has placed many divine appointments in your life this semester for you to encounter him in a personal way. Whether it be through the friends that you meet this semester, in this room, through this ministry, through this staff, through the different student leaders, I believe that he is asking you if you want it, if you desire it.